Hello, run-off-the-mill listeners. You're about to undergo a metamorphosis in your career. As hosts, we cover relatable work topics that everyone faces, along with providing real-life work stories. In today's episode, we will cover these two topics, working from home during COVID and experiencing burnout at work. I will start with asking Patrick and Rahul about the work-from-home experience and some tips that we've found to make it a better and effective experience. If you would like to skip to the burnout section of the podcast, you can find it at 34 minutes and 27 seconds in. Now, let us take the first step. How are you guys doing? I'm just wondering, how are you guys effectively working from home at this moment? So I've been working from home since April, which is actually when I started my contract. So there hasn't been a moment where I've stepped into the office. It's been entirely uh, work from home. I've been connecting through VMware and going to WebEx meetings basically all day, every day. Um, It's been a very interesting experience for me because I've never done this before, especially not from start to present. So I I haven't seen any of my coworkers ever. It's kind of lonely. Gotcha. I'm kind of in a similar boat where I also started working remote. I think March 16th was the exact day that, you know, San Francisco and the Bay Area shut down. Um, And I've had kind of the the luxury of being able to work from home this entire time, as well as, you know, being able to onboard uh, to a new company, uh, all completely virtually. So yeah, you know, I think this is, again, super relevant and very new uh, and something extremely exciting to be a part of. You know, I I think ultimately what this has really shown me is kind of the resilience of both the human race as well as our workforce, where, you know, we are able to work remote and accomplish most of our jobs um, from the safety and comfort of our own homes. I think to reverberate off of you too, um, also around the time of March, um, you know, my company took a step towards having us work from home. However, it wasn't in a sort of, um, you know, full week stance. We had to go in half the time and we also get half the week um, work from home, basically. And that was because it was um, formulation and lab work. That's just not something, you know, you could take home. You can't take the lab home to your uh, um, office, right? So basically, I would... I would go into it a little bit more. However, I want to turn the question back to you two. What was like your mental state when you heard uh, the news uh, from your company saying like, hey, um, you guys were going to have to start working from home and we don't know when um, it's safe to call you guys back? Yeah. Well, uh, if I could start, I was just very thankful for it um, because, you know, once the pandemic hit, uh, you know, our region, which is at least I'm right now in New Jersey, New York with Curtis here. Um, I was pretty terrified. I didn't have a job to begin with and I wasn't sure what to expect. And of course I didn't want to bring this virus home to my family. Um, so when they told me that I would be working from home, you know, completely, you know, I was quite grateful for it. Um, I didn't expect that I would be able to reach a position where (laughs) I can do, you know, work from home completely. Um, And, you know, as someone who's been interested in software and watching a bunch of blogs online, (laughs) uh, I always had 
you know, this very sort of rose-tinted, you know, idea of work from home. Um, we could get into this later, but <laughs> it turns out maybe I'm not so suited for work from home. But otherwise, you know, I'm definitely grateful even to this day to be working from home because it's definitely been able to um, keep my family safe uh, and also keep me uh, mentally focused on my work rather than, um, well, not rather than, but <laughs> instead of maybe my health as much, <laughs> let's say. Yeah, likewise, I, I feel like uh, kind of similar position to Rahul where, you know, I'm super grateful that the company was able to transition to uh, being completely remote. Um, but for me, you know, where I think it was a little bit different working consulting was, you know, working remote uh, meant that I didn't have to travel. Mm -hmm. uh, that meant I didn't have to fly out uh, every couple of weeks to see clients uh, and that I could kind of take all my calls from the kind of comfort and safety of my own home. And what that meant was really cutting down uh, the time of commute, right? You know, I could wake up at 8.50. <laughs> I shouldn't be, uh, but I could wake up at 8.50, you know, roll over, uh, sign on to my laptop at nine and then take uh, my first uh, internal meeting of the day just from the sanctity of my own bed. Um, and kind of having that flexibility was was awesome and amazing for, you know, I think the first couple days, the first couple weeks. Um, but as kind of time progressed, you know, I could really see that it was starting to, you know, stress people out and starting to impact them. So I think there's this interesting balance where it's like, you know, people usually think about working for a poem as a luxury. Um, but in some semblances, it's also become a slight disadvantage in the sense that people aren't able to get off of work. Um, and I know that I'm a, I'm a really good example of that right now where, you know, colleagues will ping me on Friday night at 8 p.m. or Saturday afternoon mm -hmm. at 3 p.m. And it just seems to be that no one can ever leave uh, work or the office because your office is right in your own home. Uh, so we'll talk about that a little bit later. But uh, for me, at least personally, uh, I'm, I've always been a homebody. Um, so I, I definitely love, you know, working from home, right? Um, and again, just kind of being safe and uh, making sure we're contributing towards not spreading the virus. How about you, Curtis? Yeah, so I was not used to working from home in the beginning because so much of my work was based in the lab. And even though I still go in half a week, it felt like uh, the two days that, or two, three days I was at home, um, I wasn't able to do much. Uh, what really helped with that, I think, to make it a little bit more effective was that L'Oreal started doing um, more programs with learning online learning. So they partnered up with Coursera. And I remember taking a course about like the data scientists toolbox, like just um, any sort of course that where I had to pay um, before L'Oreal sponsored. And so it was basically a free course, um, you know, for me. Uh, however, that kind of also, um, you know, petered out <laughs> towards like a couple months later, you know, um, work eventually began to gather up again. And my manager um, was able to find me more sort of work that I could do on the computer per se and not have to go into the lab for. Um, so it kind of felt like I was getting into the groove of really appreciating um, the work from home dynamic and now returning to more days in the lab. Now I feel like um, I kind of miss it <laughs> to be honest with you too. Um, I felt like for at least my line of work, I was able to um, be effective working from home because a lot of my work was based on a computer. 
Yeah, I'm, I'm definitely feeling that a little bit as well. You know, I think I'll mention that when we first started quarantine, um, I was like ultra productive at home. Uh, and a lot of that was just because there were no kind of distractions. Again, I didn't need to like, you know, wake up super early, you know, get dressed, take the bus uh, down, to, down to downtown San Francisco, you know, walk into the office, you know, deal with all the water cooler small talk. It was like, turn on my laptop, get work done, eat lunch, get work done, and then I'm free. Um, so that was amazing just in those first couple of weeks. But then I found that like as kind of quarantine, you know, continued, you know, there are a lot of like progress check-in. People want to touch base to see how everyone was feeling. Um, and there just starts to be this like meeting fluenza where every day I had like six hours of meetings. Um, and that just kind of extended the workday for me, um, at least within my own personal experience. So uh, it's kind of interesting kind of seeing that ebb and flow. But now that we've been in this situation for the last seven months, uh, I can confidently mention that I would love to return to the office um, and have that kind of separation between, you know, the home life versus the work life. Um, and maybe that's just a byproduct of me getting used to working at home and uh, a lot of those benefits of working from home, right? I'm, I'm definitely catching myself, like, getting up to eat snacks uh, much more often uh, and doing a lot, a lot of things that I would not have expected of myself uh, uh, at least back in like March or within a typical office setting. Yeah. Personally, I, I miss the water cooler small talk. I don't know about you, but. <laughs> oh, yeah. 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 <laughs> I mean, there's a sense of sort of camaraderie, you know, and sort of empathy that I feel is really lacking um, in working from home, at least for me, because, you know, we don't even see each other's faces. Um, and, you know, I, for me, you know, I, this is a completely new experience for me. I, I, this is the first time I'm going into IT consulting um, and, you know, new mm -hmm. company, you know, new client. I have no idea. New, new project, first of all, like <laughs> I have no idea what's going on. Um, and it's not like the project started with my contract. This project has been going on for a few years now and I'm kind of in the middle of it. And there have been many times where I felt like in the day to day, you know, I'm just kind of stranded in my room and not really sure what's going on. It's, it's, paralyzing it's a little bit it leaves me with anxiety at some times um you know seven months later and you know things are a little bit better and i kind of have a better grasp of what's going on um in the big picture but still there are times where i feel like you know the mentorship the training um and the onboarding on this project would have been much better had i been working in the office um so and yeah just the uh day-to-day -day camaraderie i miss that a lot <laughs> yeah I, I definitely empathize there especially as someone who also started uh at, at a new company during quarantine you know a lot of times my coworkers will mention like you know we would be getting a drink right now on like friday at like 4 p.m rather than like trying to get this work product out and yeah maybe it's not necessarily the water cooler small talk that that really excites me or uh kind of has me you know feeling nostalgic uh towards the pre-covid 19 days but really like some of those like lunches or kind of team events. And again, just those opportunities to get to meet people and kind of talk a little bit more in depth about who they are. Whereas right now I feel like all of my meetings are, hey, we just need to get this out. Hey, this is a progress check-in. And it's not like, hey, I actually know you as both a coworker and as an individual um, on, on my team. So, but I guess I'm, I'm also interested. So Rahul, you mentioned that you, you don't get to see uh, your coworkers for both Rahul and, and Curtis here, for you two, 
Do you guys need to have your webcams on during meetings? Yeah. Unfortunately, we don't. Even though my room's a mess, I'd rather see everybody's face. <laughs> um, it's not required where I am, which I feel like it, it's a pro and a con. Um, however, I do lean more towards the side of it being a pro in terms of like boundaries and privacy, surprisingly. Yeah, it's a, it's a tough balance there. So I'll mention that when I worked at consulting, uh, nobody had their cameras on. Um, and then there was like all of a sudden in, in May, uh, there's this massive company push for everyone to be on, on webcam. Uh, and it was met with a lot of resistance. Um, and then interestingly enough, when I transferred to this startup, the culture is very different where everybody is on their webcam. And that is what I think kind of makes that difference that Rahul, you were talking about with like getting to meet people because you get to see their direct facial expressions when you communicate, uh, right? And kind of start to build up that conversation and that depth in understanding other people when you know what they look like, you know how they react to certain things, you know what makes them smile, you know what makes them laugh, you know, you know if their pets barge in during meetings and whatnot. Um, so that's really interesting to hear. But yeah, Curtis, I definitely empathize with you sometimes where, um, at least from my side, you know, it is kind of rough sometimes to be on, on your camera all the time especially if it's like I have a meetings from 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. I can't like sneakily run off and eat lunch. Yeah. Uh, not, not to say that I'll, I'll run off, but uh, yeah, it would just be very awkward to like sit in front of my coworkers and like eat salad while we're having a meeting. I mean, doing the necessary things to maintain your body. And it's, I, I understand it's like, I think a lot of people, even probably our listeners go through it. It's like, they don't know when is the right time to um, just, do their own thing during the day that they would do um, when they're in the office versus at home. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What do you um, think is an effective way of um, just having sort of allotting that time and, you know, making sure that, you know, a colleague who's trying to ping you at that moment understands that, Hey, you know, I need to, you know, pick up the kids or I need to get lunch at this moment. So I kind of take a look at this in in two separate lenses. Um, The first lens being your kind of personal workspace. Um, And I understand that this is kind of different for everyone, um, but kind of what I've read up on on just online as well as through, you know, Harvard Business Review has usually published a lot of really good articles about working from home that I recommend everyone read. Uh, But the first kind of lesson that they've highlighted is you need to designate a specific working space in which you can sit down and be productive throughout your workday. Um, so, you know, there's great flexibility in just like having your laptop and like sitting in bed and having that comfort. Um, but what they've mentioned is, you know, having that specific desk just for work is really going to put you in that mindset, almost like a, a mini commute where like you're walking over, you sit down at your desk. This is like your new office and it will be your office kind of moving forward within quarantine. Um, So I've tried to kind of model that approach where, you know, I try not to eat lunch at my desk if possible. And I just utilize my desk here purely for work purposes. So there's like a distinguishing uh, line on boundaries between, hey, this is the workspace. That's my kitchen table where I should be eating. This is my, you know, couch where I should be hanging out and spending my leisure time. And I think kind of building up that separation kind of puts you in the correct mindset to uh, work on each of those tasks Uh, I think kind of in tandem to having that physical workspace 
it's also making sure that you kind of like minimize the distractions in both your background if you're on camera uh, as well as on your desk um, so for example i'm someone who, who plays with a lot of toys uh, and having a lot of toys on my desk is not very conducive <laughs> uh, to getting a lot of work done so you know i definitely try to make sure that you know if i'm working like you know, toys are on a separate shelf or in a separate area and again my work desk is just you know reference materials keyboard laptop uh, and having that additional monitor uh, might also help people uh, with their productivity. Uh, for the two of you, how have you guys found like working from home or like what kind of techniques and tips have helped you? Mm. Do you want to go, Rahul? Yeah, I, I have a similar philosophy about separating, you know, leisure space or recreational space and workspace. Um, and so I've always kept with that as well. I, yeah, I, I don't, uh, I try not to sleep <laughs> on my computer chair, for example. Um, and I, and I refuse to, uh, also use my laptop for a similar reason because, um, you know, I might have the, the urge to, you know, sit on my bed and, uh, do work instead, which, uh, yeah, I definitely keep to that as well. Um, I also, I actually wanted to ask a question with this but do you guys ever listen to music because sometimes i feel like music is something that is unique to work from home because you could listen to music while you're working because no one's there to really police you i think <laughs> usually oh yeah um, no i yeah yeah i probably listen to music to to answer your question rahul even even when i was in the office <laughs> oh really okay okay yeah so you find that does that help your productivity yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, if any sort of like routine work where I'm preparing um, items for like the analytical robot and it's a lot of like redundancy, I will listen to music, <laughs> stuff uh -huh. like that. Uh -huh. yeah. What about you, Patrick? Yeah, that's that's crazy. I, I've i always been a, a huge music uh, listener uh, during work. I, I will mention that when I first started out right after college where a lot of the work that I'm doing is just preparing reports. Uh, I listened to a lot of podcasts uh, as well as mm -hmm. audiobooks while I was working. Um, but as kind of work got more intense and required more brain power, um, I definitely kind of toned that down. And now I just listen to music um, while I'm getting work done. And I've also discovered that, you know, music is actually a really easy way for me to kind of get into the, the work oh, zone uh, or to get into the right mental mm -hmm. space. Uh, and I've done this through kind of creating like work playlists where depending on the severity of the work is the type wow, of music that I'll listen cool. to. Um, but it's crazy that you mentioned that. I, I know some people who are like, hey, if I really want to focus and get things done, then it's like mm -hmm. no music or like very lighthearted classical music um, is what I've heard. But yeah, I've always been like a huge uh, music person, uh, at least during work hours if I'm not in a meeting. We should make that a... Uh, question or a conversation topic for another yeah, podcast good yeah the one thing i did notice also was that you know my productivity similarly has been kind of decreasing and i feel like one of the reasons for that is because we have such an inhumane number of meetings nowadays <laughs> yeah and uh that's not really something i can control in my environment but uh yeah that's something i wish you know my <laughs> the people in charge of the project would kind of understand that maybe less meetings would actually increase our productivity but I'll pass the baton to uh, Curtis. What are some things that you've been doing to increase your productivity? Um, I think just also, right. Let me think about it for a little bit. Well, you know, I think 
for my productivity um, increase, it's very crucial for me to keep learning at this point because I'm not so great at Excel, which um, my work really kind of um, requires probably 80% of the time now. So it's if anything where it's like I would have like a, I could just ping my manager. He's really chill with this. And if I ping him and ask him, hey, I don't know how to do this on Excel per se, it's probably easier for him to show me exactly what his mind is thinking so that it translates to my mind instead of just going through like hundreds of videos on YouTube trying to figure it out for myself. Now, if there's a way where I want to do it, um, my sort of style that I could pick up on, he'll allow it. So um, I think that is also leading into um, just communicating as much as I can to like everybody else. Um, that definitely helps my productivity. And um, it's interesting because I don't always get an answer um, regarding when I'm work from home. And this is, I don't know if this has happened to either of you. Um, some people that I message on the Teams app, we use Teams, we don't use Zoom. Um, they might not respond, <laughs> you know? And I'd be like, interesting. But, you know, I'll find them in the office the next day and ask them, oh, you know, what's, you know, you know, what was going on, if you don't mind me asking. And, um, you know, they probably forgot to, you know, um, set that, oh, they were out of office as, as a message for that day and stuff like that, you know, where it's like I needed them. Um, but it's like sometimes it's hard to connect with, I'd say somebody that you need to move forward um, in your project. And um, for me, like how I found a solution to that was just either if I really didn't need them, um, you know, I would just wait until the next day. And, but if I really needed them, I would just try to find their immediate manager to ask that question. And I don't know if you two um, have experienced the same thing. Yeah, I, I definitely feel like I have. I, I'm, I'm kind of lucky, though, because my coworkers tend to respond pretty quickly. Um, but there are moments where, you know, we need an immediate answer. <laughs> We're just waiting for someone to type. Um, on the flip side, though, I feel like I'm actually not so great at texting uh, or messenger kind of apps, as you guys might have noticed, because I have a terrible response rate for anyone who doesn't know. Um, and I'm also working in a second language. I actually use Japanese in my day-to-day -day job. So I really need to break out of my comfort zone and also make sure that I can communicate in a different language uh, efficiently as quickly as possible. So a lot of times I find myself wasting time in editing what I'm saying. Um, even if it's English, I want to make sure that I don't have any typos or appear stupid with what I'm saying. Um, whereas if I was speaking this out, if we were in the office, I could just walk up to somebody and ask a question. Um, but that sort of convenience just isn't really there with messaging, I feel. What, do you, what about you, Patrick? What do you think? Yeah, I, I definitely feel that super hard, uh, especially in the sense of like just being in the office and being able to talk with someone. I can't tell you how many instances where you know, we have a team of four people. We try to coordinate schedules with four people. Uh, and it just takes longer time to try to set up a meeting than actually having the meeting and having a very simple yeah. question answered. I can totally picture a scenario where, you know, kind of pre-COVID, we'd all be in the office. I just swing by the person's desk and I'm like, hey, do you have five minutes to hop in this uh, conference room and let's just whiteboard it out, right? And let's just talk about the solution right there. Solve that in five minutes. Have 10 minutes of cooler, cooler talk. 
And then that's still much more efficient than trying to go through this whole like, oh, I'll, I'll send you a Zoom invite. Oh, I'll send you a Slack message. Hey, what are your thoughts on this? And then get a response three days later. Um, but yeah, that kind of goes to, you know, earlier I mentioned that I like to think about working from home uh, as well as productivity in two lens, two lenses. And that's kind of the second lens where I think the it's, I guess, tantamount that we think about how we're communicating today. And I think different companies have different cultures around what it means to communicate effectively. Uh, and also, I'll point this out as an example. So back when I was in uh, working within consulting, uh, we kind of used a combination of uh, Skype, which is like instant messaging, email, and then Microsoft Teams. And so there's this like weird blend of if someone messaged you on Skype, you were expected to respond immediately. If someone you know reached out to you via email, you're expected to respond within a reasonable amount of time with a similarly lengthy email. And then if it was Microsoft Teams, it was just like a free for all. You could respond whenever some people just chose not to check it whatsoever. Uh, and I believe we were transitioning between Skype and Microsoft Teams, uh, which made things really confusing. But I will mention that kind of having that Skype interface and having people forced to be responsive at any time of the day instantaneously, I think put a lot of pressure and stress on, on a lot of individuals, right? You know, you might be, you know, three hours deep into your work project and you get a Skype message, then you got to drop everything, either respond to that person's query, or sometimes they might be asking you to complete some work um, that you didn't have scheduled. And so I've kind of shifted from that model to uh, the startup that I work at now, their model is utilizing Slack and utilizing Slack in its entirety and sending as few emails as possible. And so the way that kind of the company culture for Slack is um, ultimately we work in kind of like project streams and workflows rather than like a specific chat between certain individuals. Uh, and so at least the the culture at the startup is if you get a Slack message, you do not need to respond immediately and you treat it as almost in between a an email and an instant message and what i really like about that is it takes away the pressure from feeling like you have to respond immediately uh, and it also enables you to not have to craft a very formal response which you would typically need to for email um, so i've seen people slack like you know ten thousand words rather than just one long sentence or paragraph um, and I think that's just a stylistic thing. But, you know, personally, I love this, you know, Slack methodology. Um, and it's helped me out a lot. I think I've been rambling here. But um, the other piece that I kind of mentioned with that communication in regards to how important it is for working from home, you know, I think it's important to communicate things early, mm -hmm. uh, as well as communicate things upfront and as transparently as possible. Um, so whether that be, you know, just giving your team a heads up notification that you're going to be out of office for this morning uh, for a doctor's appointment or whatever you need to get done uh, is better than you just going away yeah. uh, and nobody and, you know, people not having any idea where you're at. And, you know, kind of part of that is also, you know, I hope that everyone who's listening, as well as all of us, that we are accepting and understanding of all of our unique situations as we kind of deal with COVID in our own unique ways. Right. Um, so, yeah, I think it's just that kind of like forgiveness and intent. Right. Like people aren't dodging work on purpose. I think everyone wants to be a productive member uh, to the company. So, you know, if they're too busy to respond or they have things going on. Right. Let's let's approach approach that from a from an empathy perspective. Agreed.
Yeah. One question I wanted to ask actually related to communication is that, you know, as we're discussing, uh, a lot of our communication has gone from verbal to sort of textual. Has there any time, has there been any moments uh, in this whole work from home experience where you found yourself, you know, in the midst of some sort of miscommunication where maybe, you know, your supervisor seems angry when they actually probably aren't or you. <laughs> yeah, great question. So uh, I've definitely been, been in those shoes. Uh, and again, this is like where it's really hard to kind of, I guess the disadvantage of not being in the office and being able to talk to someone is just reading, you know, some blank text and not understanding the context behind it. Um, the way that kind of I've approached this is, number one, being as specific as possible in each one of my messages. So I think one of like my, my weird quirks um, that I think you two might notice is whenever I talk about a, a date or a time for an event, I will always attach like PM as well as like time zone. And if it's like December 3rd, I'll say like Wednesday, December 3rd. Uh, that way it just kind of gives people like, I'm not talking about next Wednesday, as in like October, I'm talking about this specific time, date, and time zone. Um, and I think that's extremely important as you work with people kind of like across the country. Um, the second piece that I'll mention here is just, I think, like facing your fears, um, as well as recognizing potential good intent, in the sense that if something didn't sit with you well, or if you weren't sure about something, then, you know, not being afraid to ask, hey, I'm not sure what you meant by this, right? Can you explain that to me? Or can you word that to me in a different way? Just to kind of clarify any potential misconceptions. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, that's definitely something that I'm still working with. So uh, trying to eat my own advice there. Curtis, have you have you felt like you've run into that scenario? Um, no, honestly, not because only because <clears throat> it's it's really interesting because I treat like how I treat like text messages is more of just um, just taking it for face value and you know what is typed out in the chat. Like I I don't feel like I could feel emotion through it. So it's just like if somebody's upset with me, um, you know they should be very direct and honest with it. Like my manager would be um, very honest with me. And I, I feel like he's great at doing that. Like, I think I remember one time and this was over a messenger or email. Um, he was just like, um, I didn't like the way you did this because of ABC. Um, you know, I definitely know you have potential and you can work on it. However, you know, you know, we just have to cut out this bad habit, you know, something, something like that. And um, that was the most sort of, you know, direct feedback however the most helpful feedback i ever got and i didn't feel hurt over it i felt like it was very constructive um if that makes sense so mm -hmm. yeah it's it's weird like i try not to like <laughs> look at um look at the messenger and feel like okay if somebody typed um maybe words that seem a little bit passive aggressive if they really mean it to be to hurt my feelings um not at all yeah, it's so weird. I, I think part of that is also almost like a generational thing, uh, where if I work with older colleagues, they will, like, a lot of times they'll type, like, very rigid sentences. For example, like, you know, I sent my, my boss uh, some calculations last week. And I was like, hey, what are your thoughts on this? And he just typed N-O period. And I was no like, emojis? Well, like, well, did I, like, did I, like uh... make, make a massive mistake here or something? Like, what's going on? And, like, we hopped on the phone, and he was, like, all happy. And I was like, <laughs> okay like again you're kind of 
that was me like misreading the context clues but you could totally feel like my heart jump out of my chest when i'm like hey how does this look and he's just like no or like this looks terrible yeah yeah i've had (laughs) similar experiences where you know i'm talking to my supervisor or manager and he writes to me a sort of terse comment like that or it's very direct it's to the point well, maybe maybe not as you know brief as no, but <laughs> no, it makes me feel like wow, you know, I did something <laughs> terrible. And then you speak to them over the phone or something, and they're like, you know, happy and like totally okay with what you're doing. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I'm curious, would you say that your ability, which I think is great by the way, to separate emotion from text, would you say that's because you know your manager before work from home? Or is this something that you just naturally yeah. really good at doing, which I wish I was? <laughs> no, I don't think I'm naturally good at doing it. I think it's because I got exposed to um, what my manager was like in person for the first month or two. I was in my new position before this whole COVID work from home um, transitioning thing happened. And I think, I feel like I would, you know, be in both of your shoes if, if we're not like, really getting to know my manager a little bit better. So, but like Patrick said, um, I think an easy and effective solution to this would be to directly reach out in order to clarify, you know, if they were upset or not. That's something I, I need to get better at, you know, you know, getting out of my sort of little bubble and, uh, you know, being more proactive in, in text and, and chats with my, my colleagues. That's still something I'm working on. Yeah, communication is key. Mm -hmm. I think it's something that we can always still improve on, man. Don't feel like you're alone there. (laughs) So I think I'm getting the, you know, several like themes for working at home through COVID. And it's definitely not the end of the world, it seems, for for us three (laughs) right now. And I'm sure there's a lot of difficulties that we go through and we're still going to go through um, even though I have just one work from home day um, from now on. But I think for everybody else, it's definitely um, a higher frequency where it's like, a, you know, all these weeks and months until who knows when, you know, they will return to office. Um, yeah. But I think, you know, it's really important to one, just communicate, you know, how you're feeling, especially with, you know, your colleagues and your direct manager. And to like Patrick said, you know, this is, I think this is really useful that I didn't even think of. Like you want um, to just uh, link that communication theme, like just be um, honest as early as you can if you have other prior commitments or emergencies and not leave people hanging. Cause I feel like that's really bad. You know, the worst thing you can do, especially if, um, this project's on the line at this moment. Totally so. uh, one of the topics I wanted to get into was about burnout. And um, I wanted to ask you, Curtis, actually, do you experience, you know, any additional burnout or, or do you feel more fatigued now that you're working from home? Have you been working longer hours? Yeah, I think that's good. I was, um, yeah, the burnout theme could definitely cover like, um, more outside of COVID, but yeah, if we were to still talk about COVID and burnout, yeah, I, I definitely um, did feel a little bit of burnout, especially the first few um, weeks of working in COVID because I was still in my new position. I was only there for a month, right? So even though I got to, 
even though I worked in that facility for um, um, months under a different title, this was a totally different new team. And I didn't really get to get comfortable before, you know, everything was switched to, you know, in like work from home. So I think the burnout didn't really stem from, you know, just me looking at a computer all day. It was it, the burnout stemmed more from, okay, well, you know, because I had to still go back into the lab. It felt like I was doing two days of work, let's say, to make up for that day where it's like, even though I was doing mm. a lot of work on the computer with Excel, it's just like, okay, well, you're in the lab. You have to get these samples ready for, you know, X, Y, and Z. And boom, it was just like, you know, trying to figure out a schedule that worked um, was a little cumbersome. So, yeah. Great. How are you dealing with uh, some of that burnout? You know, I think it's really going back to communication. Like I will tell my manager, hey, um, you know what's on my schedule. You know, we have Outlook and everything. So, you know, if I have this time to do these, you know, be preoccupied with creating, let's say, a couple of slides for a presentation, um, can you instead do these few things on the robot? Like we will alternate tasks that he could perform um, if he has time that I can't. And we actually got into some sort of like groove that worked out, um, you know, after I was, you know, admitting to him like, hey, you know, I feel like this is a little bit hard for me at the moment. Um, you know, if there's anything on your side that if I, that I can take over to help you, um, to prevent you from feeling burnt out, definitely let me know. And um, we went, we really didn't, I feel like the groove happened better in like the month of uh, May and June when it's just like summer happened. So I don't know if it was the same for you two. Um, did you feel burnt out, you know, in the first week of working from home? I don't know. <laughs> Sure. Probably, yeah. Do you I, uh, I think I'm just really bad at clocking out and forgetting about work. <laughs> Cause, uh, even though I don't like, I'm obviously logging remote, so I have to go to a separate desktop like that icon. I can see it. I'm looking at it right now. It's on my taskbar, and I really want to click it. I really want to log in and check my emails. I don't know if this is some sort of <laughs> strange mental condition or, you know, workaholicism or what have you um but yeah i'm just really bad at it and even throughout the weekend i think about it and i don't know if it's because i'm at home and i haven't been able to effectively separate my environments even though i claim i have um but yeah i feel like the you know that's partially the reason why i've been working more i think than i imagined um whereas before you know in my previous job when i was working in the office i had a very nice groove where you know i knew what i had to do and then you know i would clock out relatively early um i was working in japan so even though i was clocking out nobody else was but that didn't bother me but here now um <laughs> i shouldn't have said that but here now you know i just i feel like i have to be working because i'm at home and uh you know with the quarantine too and there's really nowhere else to be no gym nothing so uh, why not right so yeah, I've just been burned out. I think just because of the sheer number of hours and also physically staring at a computer from like 8 a.m. to 11.30, sometimes 12. It's okay. We'll, we'll edit that out. <laughs> Thank <for a> you. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Yeah, I, 
I definitely empathize with that. And I was kind of alluding to it earlier when I mentioned that, you know, some of the cons of working from home are kind of that disassociation or lack of ability to be able to step away. Right. And that's kind of what I also want to highlight with the communication piece and understanding where, you know, if you ping someone at, you know, a non-standard working time, right, have the expectation, understanding and kind of forgiveness to be like, hey, this individual also has a life. This individual also needs to go through their own kind of family things, their relationship things, their, you know, standard chores that they need to get done. Um, and just, again, understanding that everyone else is a person just, just as you are. Um, but that's definitely something that I'm struggling with as well, where it just seems like nobody is ever stepping away and everybody is always online. And as a result, that has me thinking about work, you know, 24-7 as well. Um, and I think that generates a lot of kind of imaginary pressure in a certain sense where, you know, I might have a project that's due six days from now, but I'm like constantly thinking about it until even like before I start and even while I'm in the midst of it. And then even if I have plenty of time before I get, I need to get it done, I feel like, okay, I need to work this weekend to get it done. Um, so I definitely kind of empathize with, with what you're going through. I, I think burnout for me has, has looked a little bit different just because, you know, the nature of working and consulting is basically like running an endurance marathon where, you know, no matter what happens, like you will always have another client request come in when you least expect it. And whenever you feel like you have a relaxed, chill day, uh, it will never be relaxed and chill uh, and chill. Um, so the way that kind of I've, I've kind of dealt with that is uh, kind of two ways, right? Number one, kind of similar to what Curtis had mentioned earlier, which was just, you know, being able to communicate with the people around you, as well as being able to delegate or talk with your manager and say, hey, I cannot handle this right now for reasons X, Y, and Z. You know, what can we do as a team or can you help me, right? And similarly with the staff below me, just mentioned, hey, we have this many projects coming out. We need to reprioritize. Let's just talk for, you know, five minutes on the phone and kind of re-delegate, uh, re-strategize how we should be approaching this. Um, and the second piece is, uh, again, kind of that group empathy, you know, I think that's a word that I'm going to mention a hundred times during every single podcast. Uh, but it's recognizing that, you know, you are not alone in this process, right? You know, I think so many of these stories that we talk about are going to ring true uh, to our listeners, right? Rahul, you and I keep nodding our heads every time both you and I mention some story where it's like, hey, we're going through this and, you know, we all feel this together, right? So, so don't feel like, you know, you're in like in the depths just because you feel burnt out you know, people feel burnt out at every level, right? And also regardless of how much work you have. Um, so, you know, I think it's definitely something tough to deal with, but having the understanding that, hey, it's, it's not just me, you know, kind of helps you process it a little bit better. That's excellent. Yeah, I, um, I, I remember you told me the, the same thing a couple of years ago when I was... Um, still a temporary worker and uh at that point my burnt out feeling and this could be more of a general sense of being burnt out was just i feel like i i wasn't getting what i wanted at work right and the next goal was to get a permanent job and i was interviewing and stuff like that and um i felt burnt out because it wasn't working out and you know i think to some people they could be like oh well you know I felt the same. However, I applied to like a hundred applications, uh, you know, sent out a hundred job applications. I still didn't get anything, but for me, it was just like not even 10. Right. But it's just like, 
just hearing how everybody was encouraging me and saying like, you know, this two show pass, you have your own time sort of thing. It's like, I was eventually able to, I think, um, gather together like a good sort of interview strategy and go from there. Right. But I think, you know, what was most important was that um, it's important to not sell yourself short. Like I'm pretty sure back then I was pretty capable and I, yes, I felt burnt out at that point because I was doing so much work and um, I thought it would be kind of, I thought it would be kind of like not the golden ticket, but you know, sometimes working hard isn't the only method, you know, in sorts of like, in terms of like getting to the next level, if that makes sense. You have to, it's sometimes I feel like it's luck as well. You need to know the right people and talk to the right people. So I think it was definitely a type of poison to feel like it was necessary to feel burnt out by the same time it was also like being reborn and realizing that, hey, uh, maybe I have to take a different approach uh, in order to get what I really want, right? Mm. Yeah, I, yeah I, I think everyone kind of goes through those tough times. And I think, I guess, the conclusion that I'm at least getting from the three of us is, you know, you're feeling burnt out. Everyone feels burnt out. This is a completely natural and mm-hmm. acceptable experience. And it's okay that you feel that way. Um, but as unfortunate as it is, you just got to keep chugging along. Right. Uh, you just got to keep going. Right. And maybe that what might help you to keep going is kind of reformulating your strategy. Um, but at the end of the day, it's kind of, it's as simple as that. You just got to keep going. Uh, and then one day uh, it too shall pass. Yeah. In terms of uh, restructuring your day, I think that's, uh, that's helped me, I think, because uh, I've, you know, I've been working right now seven months on this project, and there have been many times where I've felt burnt out. And uh, in talking to friends and seeing how they, uh, you know, live their lives uh, in this sort of work from home uh, environment with the pandemic going on, um, I've often sort of, you know, bounced off of ideas that other people are doing. So for example, I've been trying to incorporate working out more uh, into my schedule. Um, and for me, that's been really critical, um, unfortunately. And I've noticed it now, you know, in the last three weeks I haven't worked out and I feel terrible. <laughs> so quite obviously, like this is something I definitely need in order to really cope with the burnout. Um, you know, uh, you know, talking to you guys right now in this episode, uh, you know, I think I might go back to listening to more music while I uh, do my work. Um, and I think just keeping things dynamic will also, you know, fight away the tedium that sometimes comes with work as well um so yeah i think uh, keeping things dynamic and fresh uh, might be also another way to help with the burnout dude i, I love that and that it kind of reminds me of uh there's this like famous quote or saying that i might be paraphrasing um but it's it's only like a fool would expect a different outcome by applying the same oh, yeah. methodology or something like that uh, which is basically to say that, you know, if you're feeling burnt out or if you're feeling stuck in a certain area, uh, the only way to kind of move past that is, is to change your strategy or to change your structure, right? And that could be as small as, hey, listening to music while you're working. Or it could be as small as, hey, I'm going to take a walk during lunch, right? And that might be kind of that secret sauce to kind of get you out of 
that burnt out feeling, right? To kind of get you out of that rut or feeling of, you know, being stuck somewhere. I totally agree. Because, you know, burnout affects productivity. You might feel like, well, I'm burnt out, but that means I'm working really hard. Um, But are you actually getting things done? You know, in retrospect, I think the more burnt out I am, the less productive I am. So I definitely have to change my strategy as as you're saying. So yes, good quote. I've heard it before myself. Yeah. (laughs) Still don't remember the actual (laughs) words for it, but... (laughs) Curtis, any, any tips from your side on, on dealing with burnout? Um, well, I just thought of this. Um, me and my manager have a great relationship, and he's able to recognize my contributions. And for me, um, in terms of like feeling appreciated, it could just be as simple as him reaching out saying, hey, Curtis, you did a good job. I think you did a good job because um, of you know this specific um, advice that you took from me, and you did it great um so i was just like i'm just wondering you know um do you guys feel better um in terms of like when you're burnt out when you feel like you're being recognized for your contributions because that definitely helps me Hmm. well why don't we define what burnout is i guess because (laughs) for me it's the actual physical exhaustion from work um whereas you know like i i definitely yeah appreciate my you know, my manager's feedback and stuff regarding my performance. Um, and I feel good. Like that definitely motivates me, but <laughs> still, unfortunately, it doesn't really cure my burnout. Oh, okay. yeah, which for me, yeah. I guess it's more physical rather than, you know, I hate my job or something like that. Then, um, okay. Yeah. What about you, Patrick? Hmm. Yeah. I kind of think of burnout as a little bit of both where, you know, there is the physical exhaustion, right? It's kind of like, no matter how many hours of sleep you get, you yeah. wake up and you're dreading work or maybe you have like a, a, a sickly stomach feeling or, you know, you might have a headache because you've just been thinking so much about work that you're like psyching yourself out. Um, but I also think it's it's also, well, I guess I just highlighted both the physical and the mental piece there. Um, but yeah, I, I think different people cope with things in different ways. Uh, some people really, you know, thrive in an environment where it's like, positive energy, positive reinforcement. Um, And so in that kind of environment, you know, having that feedback could really kind of keep you going. Um, For me personally, I, I'm kind of in that boat sometimes, but also part of me feels that, you know, imposter syndrome where, you know, sometimes a coworker might compliment me and I'll think that they're only complimenting me like out of pity, uh, if that makes sense. But, um, I, I feel like it's kind of different for everyone. Sometimes I, I get a compliment and I genuinely feel great. And then it's like makes my entire day. Uh, but other times it might be like, Hey, you know, I thought you did a really good job on this. And I'll be like, mm, is that, is that really legitimate? But I think part of that is I need to satisfy my own internal comings on how I felt mm-hmm. about the project. Um, so I think those kind of things like tie together and, you know, this is all interlinked with, you know, how your personal self- sense of self-worth is kind of tied to, uh, how much you do burn out or like how other people uh, view you or what they say about you as well. I feel like I'm being super long-winded here again. Um, but Curtis, kind of back to you. Yeah. Um, you know, I haven't really, Rahul brought up a good point because for me, it's really easy to bounce back with positive reinforcement or encouragement. And I haven't really felt like the physical sort of burnt out um in a long time and uh 
I would, I would, I wonder, Rahul, do you think this would be a solution to your burnout? Like, um, taking a sabbatical per se, you know, just to just focus on your hobbies, you know, do your own thing. And then one day just coming back to work saying, Oh, I'm refreshed. Right. And I have a very clear mind, um, to focus from now on. Yeah. I, that's a good question. Um, I think, you know, I don't really have an excuse in that front. Um, especially last two weeks, I've, since I had so much, you know, unused overtime hours, um, just based on my contract, I was able to take off uh, a day in the week. So that's definitely helped. Um, the weekends definitely helped me recuperate. Um, but I think overall, there's just something that's <laughs> either I need more sleep, I need to cut out the blue light that I'm consuming through my eyes or something. Um, but yeah. I think uh, I also, you know, in the weekends too, I also try to spend time relaxing and trying not to, you know, making an active effort not to think about work. Um, so I do think there's some fundamental flaw in how I'm going about my day-to-day -day, uh, schedule. I think the exercise thing is something I need to bring back because um, I did notice a really good impact with the exercise. Um, and now having taken away exercise for the last three weeks, I have noticed that my energy levels are down in the dumps so yeah no I, I definitely agree and it's just like it's it's counterintuitive to just work more because i like working doesn't reduce stress like i've never heard of that before but um having time to or refocusing some time to you know like your hobby of exercising or you know i, I know you like to play go i think that that would generally help help you a lot and mm -hmm. Definitely make an effort to just enjoy life, especially not at, you know, it's a little harder. However, I feel like it's even more, ever so more necessary during, our, you know, these hard COVID times. Yeah. 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 One point that I did want to reiterate on uh, that Curtis, you touched upon was kind of taking a break or taking that sabbatical. Um, and I think that's so important in, in today's times where, you know, people do feel so burned out so easily uh, and so often and that there shouldn't be a, a negative stigma around taking a day off, whether it be a Wednesday or a Friday or a Monday, just because you aren't feeling great. Um, and I feel like there's a lot of kind of societal pressure to like, oh, you got to meet this deadline. Oh, you got to get all this work done. Oh, you got to do this. You got to do that uh, kind of at the expense of your own health. And so I really want to highlight that, you know, it's okay to take time off. If you really need the day, you know, just take the day off, right? Um, I, don't, I don't know. This is probably a very cynical thing that I shouldn't mention on the podcast. Uh, but a lot of our work sometimes just results in numbers on paper. And when you think about the impact of, and consequence of that versus, you know, human life, you know, what, what is more important, right? And I would argue that you are more important at the end of the day and that you can always pick up the pieces and get the work done uh, at a later time if absolutely, absolutely necessary. So, you know, don't forget and don't ever undervalue yourself. So take that day off uh, if you really need it. I think it. that's beautiful. Yeah, I think sometimes we, uh, in the daily grind, we kind of take the things we're doing too seriously. But at the end of the day, yeah, you're right. I think people need to remember their actual priorities in the big picture. Great. Uh, Curtis, Rahul, anything to add on? Um, as we kind of close out this episode. 
Yeah, I, I actually, if, if we, I would like to definitely agree with the uh, er, like everyone here. We all need a break from time to time, and this is like, um, I just realized this. Um, and to to the listeners, um, I would like to report that earlier this year I was um, in grad school, right? But I discontinued it um, once the semester ended in May, and. Um, if I were to continue grad school right now, I definitely would feel like um, the physical exhaustion that I think, you know, I could be very relatable to Rahul. So um, it definitely made me rethink of just, you know, how much we're going through in today's world and how much we're really, um, I think, not being, I wouldn't say it's like not being fair to ourselves, but just being like kind of like pulled in a hundred directions and realizing, having to realize that, hey, there might be just, you know, one sort of like stressful activity we need to take a break from. And if I couldn't take a break from grad school, you know, definitely I would have to look into like, you know, my days off that I could take, you know, um, during um, the work week and go from there, right? Yeah, that's a, that's a very good point. We are being pulled in a hundred directions, I feel like. Um, and I don't know if this is unique to our generation because, you know, all three of us are born in the early 90s. Um, but it seems like a lot of uh, our contemporaries are definitely chasing um, very big goals that are constantly, constantly grinding. Um, and, you know, sometimes, you know, I, I'm, I'm very much the same. I often view my free time as an opportunity to excel you know, to achieve more things, to mm-hmm. expand my education. Um, so for example, if I do find that I have, you know, an open slot of time, maybe an hour or so, I'll devote that to reading a book or to looking up a co- another course that I can take to get another certification um, and to keep brushing up the resume as much as possible. Um, but yes, as you guys have both mentioned, uh, it's very important to really take it you know, down a notch, uh, especially when you feel like you uh, can't go any further and you're on the verge of burnout it's definitely best to you know slow down um and uh yes to really appreciate and do the things that you actually enjoy doing rather than the things you believe you ought to be doing in order to get ahead in life yeah that could be a whole nother episode in of itself but yeah i I love that takeaway Yeah, I think it's really cathartic to just talk about it. And I really, I think, I feel like these podcast moments are where we really, well, for me personally, it's where I can, you know, reflect um, about, you know, the work and office life and then think about, hmm, oh yeah, you know, it really did happen that way and kind of analyze it and see if there's any sort of solutions I could use to, you know, just make work life not as stressful as it should be, right? Totally agree. Yeah, these uh, conversations with you guys definitely put my situation in a different perspective. And I've definitely taken a lot of great things from this. And I hope the listeners do too. And, uh, you know, let us know, communicate with us. Uh, tell us if there's anything you picked up from this podcast or if you have any advice for us. Thank you for listening to our podcast. We upload every other Thursday of the month. If you enjoyed the content, please follow our podcast channel. We strive to create content that would make a positive impact in your career journey. In return for our efforts, we would like to hear from you. For any suggestions, topic requests, 
or enlightening musings, please email contactrotm at gmail.com. We look forward to the next time you tune in for another episode.